King's kids, if you are in second grade or younger and you would like to go to our children's service, second grade down, and you don't have to, uh, but you are welcome to, second grade down, you are dismissed. Those of you who know where to go, help the new people find it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they know where they're going. Good job. Not a problem. And we always welcome kids in the service, talking, chattering, crying, whatever they need. Um, so just so you know, just put up with that. That's the way we roll here. They're, they're a blessing, not torture. Um, all right. Guest speakers today are the Span Brothers. <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, which way we go with that. But uh, who's up first? All right, Junior. I'm going to let him introduce himself because uh, I know him too well and I might say inappropriate things. <laughs> thank you, Craig. Glad you're here. Yeah. Um, so first of all, just thank you all for letting me be here. And thank you, Craig, too, um, just for inviting me to come and speak and just to kind of get to be a part of this congregation. Um, and it's funny that he says it's Fan Brothers. And I'm actually the one using the old-fashioned note cards, and he's using the phone. And so <laughs> quite the difference there. But um, super excited to be here. And basically just going to start kind of giving you an overview of what me and my fiance are doing and um, that's what Craig was referring to earlier is we're getting married in about six days so coming up fast so busy week but we're really excited for it and just excited to start this new journey together um, but essentially we've been spending this summer just um, raising support and just um, gathering prayer partners for um, joining staff with Crew, which is formerly known as Campus Crusade. We're both joining part-time field staff at the University of Oklahoma come this fall. We're going into our junior year, so we're doing 15 hours of classes and then 15 to 25 hours just fully devoted to ministry, fully devoted just to um, advancing the kingdom and just further furthering the message of Christ. Um, so we're really excited to get to do that, and you as a church body are partnering with us, and we are, we're so thankful for you all and just so thankful um, just to get to be here once again and just for you all support financially but then also just through prayer um, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing without you all so thank you again for that um, but basically just kind of dive in like i'm going to start with a little bit of a history of crew um, if we can get the next slide up there um, crew was started way back in 1951 um, and it was as i said it was campus crusade originally and it was started by Bill and Bonnet Bright at the University of California, Los Angeles. So it started out as just a small campus ministry, uh, but fully devoted to Christ, fully devoted on the scripture. Um, then through the years, um, it has just grown, and it's in over 140 countries, and it's there's so many different ministries within it. If you can pull up the next slide, it shows all of the different things that crew is involved in. Um, as, some of you, as some of you know, um, my dad and like my family and I, we were serving overseas in Madagascar for 10 years, um, and I was just MK there. Um, but we hosted a Jesus film team, and now here I am joining staff with the overall organization that's a part of it. So it's funny how God works this thing, just funny how he always brings things full circle, it seems. But there's family life, Echo, Bridges, so many different things that crews involved in, and they have an impact um, just for the kingdom around the world. And we're so lucky and just excited to get to be a part of an organization that has such a global presence for impacting the kingdom. Um, so moving forward, just um, want to talk a little bit about why we're going into campus ministry and like our hearts for seeking the kingdom and our hearts for advancing the kingdom at the University of Oklahoma. Um, so essentially on college campuses, um, as many of you know, there's so many things going on. You come in um, and there's 
pressure from teacher, pressure from parents, pressure from peers, so many different things driving you. And like the word we use for that is just competition. There's so many different things competing for the hearts and minds of students where it's just, it's so hard to actually stop and think for a second, actually stop and figure out where your hope lies, where your identity lies. Um, and honestly, my freshman year, I came into college, Beck and I, we both went to OBA. Um, so super great background, super great family. I came in like ready, excited to pursue Christ. And I came in and then it was the middle of COVID, just a crazy year, a bunch of different unfortunate events, bike was stolen, car was broken into. And I, I just shut down. Like, um, I was just like, wow, college is the best. I love this, you know, but um, it, I just shut down and I was lazy in my faith. I wasn't pursuing Christ as I should be. I wasn't finding my hope and my rest in him. Um, and it led me to a dark place where I was, I was in a depressive state for quite a while, and I obviously I knew where to turn, but I wasn't doing it. Um, and I just fell away from Christ, and I wasn't doing anything. I was just sitting in my room, just inactive in my faith, inactive in pursuing him. But God are the best words in the Bible, and but God is my story, and that's the story of so many students on the OU's campus. He is moving. Um, he is moving in the hearts. He's moving in the minds, and he stepped in through my life. Um, ben Seiler is our team leader. He was discipling me throughout that time, and he just kind of kept reminding me of the joy and the peace of walking with Christ and just inviting me to join back in it, walking with him. Um, and it's been, I've been so thankful for that and just so thankful to be back in the joy of Christ. And Becca and I, we've, we've seen God move. Um, crew at OU, it's kind of going through a restarting phase. So like over the years, all the staff, they kind of went overseas to go serve, and then student leaders graduated. So it just kind of fizzled out for a couple years. But then our freshman year was the restart. So from our freshman year, it was really just kind of Becca and I, and like I said, weird time in the middle of COVID, but then going into from this last year, God has brought so many students in. Um, there's probably over 50 students that are just ready and committed to get involved, ready and committed to further the kingdom. And that's just been really amazing to see, really amazing just to see God works. Um, and there's, I'm just gonna share real quick a story about a guy named Dakota. He came in his freshman year. Um, and he, he had grown up kind of knowing about Christ. Um, Bible Belt, Oklahoma, you can't really miss Jesus a lot of times. But um, he knew him, but then didn't, didn't know how to pursue him, didn't fully make that commitment in his life. Um, and kind of came into college, kind of like me, like, okay, just kind of questioning, like, rather, like, wanting to find somewhere to find his identity, wanting to find peace. Um, and then he started meeting with one of our other staff members, Tyler, um, and they started pouring into him and just started reminding him of the joy and peace with Christ and simply just doing life with him and just building a relationship. And then a few weeks later, Dakota has given his life to Christ. And right now um, he's at our summer mission, which I'll share a little bit about later, but he's ready to go and serve the kingdom, ready to go and make disciples. And it's really just amazing to see God work and just amazing to see him move. And just the impact to completely turn someone's life around. Um, and it's it's so prevalent on OU's campus, like where students are right there where I was. Students are right there seeking hope and seeking just a place to put their identity in. I was an RA this past year and I've seen it. Students, they, they don't know where to turn. And like I talked about before, there's so many different things and just there's such a need on campus. And as you all know, college campus, college is just such, such a crucial time in people's lives because it truly, people come in from this background and then college you come in and that's the place where you're actually you're figuring out where your identity is. And if it's not structured on Christ, it will fall during that time. And that's just the reality. And we've seen so many students right there and just, if we're not there to pick them up and we have the good news of Christ, we have that peace and the hope that Christ has. Um, so we're so excited just to get to share that with students and just get to share 
the peace and hope that has affected our lives and just to get to bring it into others' lives and just further the kingdom and just make disciples that would go and then make disciples and then those disciples and make disciples and just kind of carry on something that lasts and just will make an impact for the kingdom. Um, and like I just kind of talked about before, there's such a need in like, as you all know, Luke 10, like the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Um, we have a staff team of about seven and we're joining in alongside them and we're, we're excited to just see God move. And it's, um, it seems like God has used COVID for sure. Um, like, as you all know, COVID, it's a shutdown time. Everyone was just secluded and pulled away. And like, people are seeking relationships. People are seeking interactions. Like, we'll go out and just start talking to students. Next thing we know, we're sitting there for 30 minutes with a complete stranger hearing their full life story after asking one simple question. Um, so the, it's been really fruitful. And God has opened so many doors. And we're just, we're hoping and praying that just that continues. Um, and that students are just receptive to the gospel and just um, eager and ready to learn. But essentially, just to sum up what we'll be doing is the easiest way to do it is just through cruise kind of three core values on campus ministry. So the first of which is win, um, that is just winning people to Christ. And within that, that is um, community groups. And then if you know, next slide right there um, is community groups, tabling and evangelism. So tabling, tabling, some of you all may have heard of this. We just we go out on the busy parts of campus and we simply hand out free things. We just make connections with students. And like by the end of the day, we'll have hundreds of people's, um, hundreds of students' names and contact information. So as a staff team, we'll come together and just reach out to every single one of those students and just be like, hey, I'd love to meet up sometime and just hear more about your story. Um, and obviously, a lot of students don't respond, but some do. And that's kind of, that's how Dakota initially got involved with Crew. And that's kind of how we first got involved with Crew too. So it's so, such an impactful time. We're excited to get to be the ones texting people and be the ones initiating that contact and starting a relationship where we can start pouring into people. Um, and then this next year also, we'll have intentional time built into our schedule just to go evangelize, just to go share the gospel. Um, Crew is such, such an amazing kind of resource hub. Um, and within that, there's like just a spiritual interest survey. And it's such a just general survey. It's like, what do you know about God? Do you have any sort of spiritual background? And that's what I was talking about, where students, they'll sit there and they'll share for 30 minutes or more, just opening up about their whole life, um, and just opening about the hurt in their life. And that's where God just opens the door just to being in and be like, hey, this is the peace. This is the hope. This is the, um, the restoration that you are seeking for. Um, and it's just been really fruitful to get to do that. And we're excited to get to do that more so in the coming year. Um, and then we also have community groups where Beck and I, we've both been able to help lead, but next year we'll be able to lead our own community groups. And during this time, it's for believers and non-believers alike. And this time, it's so vital as we just, we go through the word as a community. We just, we show the basics of how to study the word and just invite others into that. We go through the gospel and just, um, just portray it simply where students are just ready and invited into that and just invited to pursue Christ through that. And it's such an impactful time of just building relationships and showing what a godly community looks like. And that's what Crew is so, um, is so big on, is just creating life-changing communities. That's the second one is build. Um, and within that, we have retreats where we, we just get away from campus. We have a fall retreat, which is obviously in the fall. Um, and we just we step away, and we just um, get away from the distractions, the stresses, the pressures, everything on campus. We spend an intentional time devoting it and building a community with one another, but then as a community, pouring into Christ and pouring into your relationship with Christ. And that time, it's so vital. Like you come back, Becca and I, we came back from this last one and just 
you're on fire for Christ and you're just, you're ready to go and serve the kingdom and you have a community surrounding you that is going to hold you accountable and push you to continue to do that. Um, we're excited to get to kind of help lead that in the next year. And we also have a winter conference where we come and we go down to Dallas just as, as a whole kind of cohort, which is all the schools in the area, like Baylor, Texas Tech, OSU, kind of everyone in the area. So we're all, we're all in campus, all encompassing campus ministry. So not leaving out the pokes as much as we wish we could, but um, <laughs> everyone needs Jesus, you know, so. Um, we come together and we just spend intentional time devoting ourselves to Christ and just time in worship and just growing as a community, just growing, growing in friendships once again. Um, and that's, that's truly what crew is so, um, it's definitely crew's biggest value is just relationships. Crew is such a relational ministry. And that's honestly what drew Becca and I in is everyone involved with crew right now, they meet with a staff member every week and they simply, they just go through life together. They go through struggles together, they go through highs together, and they, um, there's accountability in that, and there's someone just pushing you, pushing you back towards Christ, pushing you um, to further your faith, pushing you to go and make disciples, um, and it's so, it's so crucial, um, and just like I said before, people are seeking those relationships, and crew is there to provide them, and we're so excited just to kind of hopefully get to have a group where we're pouring into students and just getting to build relationships, and just build relationships that last, that are rooted in Christ, um, and we also have crew lead, and that's, we meet every week, kind of like community group, except it's for the students who are ready to get more involved, ready to become leaders, um, and just during that time, we go through intentional tools, like different methods of evangelism, how to read your Bible better, apologetics. Um, crew's really big on, and we're really big on just making sure that everyone that comes in is ready and equipped to go and make disciples. Um, so that we just go through intentional tools where those students will go and make more disciples, and those disciples will make more disciples, and just creating something that lasts. Um, that kind of brings us to Crew's last core value, which is sin. Um, and that's just like living life on mission. So Crew, we have summer mission, which is what Dakota is on right now. We have an international as well as the domestic. Um, and the domestic one is in Branson, Missouri, where we just, we go and it's like a six week program where you're in Branson and you're working and then you're also growing and being discipled. And in that time you have different events that you're inviting your peers from work to. Um, you're just inviting them into walking with Christ. And um, actually halfway through the summer, like the majority of the staff leaves and it's fully run by students where the students are the one hosting the events, the ones planning the events, the one bringing people to Christ where um, there's a lot of growth in that. Um, one of Becca's best friends, she just recently gave her Christ, gave her life to Christ this last year. So that's been really exciting. And she's there at um, Ozark Lakes right now. And it's been just amazing to see the growth um, in her and just see see your heart change and see your heart change for the world where she's ready to go out and make disciples and just ready and equipped in that as well. Um, then we also have an international mission that we go on. It's a six-week program during the summer, and usually we have a partnership with Moscow, Russia, but for obvious reasons, we're kind of reevaluating what that'll be, but essentially during that time, um, it's the same as campus ministry, but internationally, where you're just going and you're pouring into students and you're just walking through life with them. It's um, I want to say six or seven weeks uh, trip, and you're, that's long enough to actually be able to build a relationship and pour into someone, and then you pass them off to the crew staff that is there. So it's not just something throwing out the seed, okay, here's Jesus, have a good day. You're actually throwing the seed, and someone is there fostering them, and someone is there discipling them, and someone is there building them up um, where they can go and make more disciples. Um, and crew also has a long-term mission that is available like right after college. Um, we invite students just to come in and it's called Stint, where it's just they spend two to three years um, serving with crew internationally or domestically through one of the other ministries and just 
um, they get to actually start their lives on the mission field, start their lives intentionally devoted in mission. Um, but crew believes, and we definitely believe that our lives are to be the mission field where everywhere you go, you are to call to serve the kingdom, called to further the kingdom of Christ. And the crew, crew knows that the crew may not be with them in the future. The crew may not be with them in the future. So with every student that comes in, we want to make sure that they get plugged into the church and are ready to go and just have that firm base where they can live their lives on mission, wherever that might be, whether that's serving staff with crew, whether that's going on a mission with some other mission organization, or whether that's a nine-to-five job, whether that's anywhere in the world where everyone involved is just ready to go and make disciples after college. Um, and that's what we're really passionate about. We're just we're so excited to kind of get to join in alongside that ministry and just thank you again for partnering with us in that. Um, but then moving forward kind of into our specific roles. Um, so as I said, we are students and on staff. So with this, we have we have such a unique perspective where we're literally in the same shoes as the students we're um, ministering to. So we're excited just to kind of get to invite people into our lives and just be like, hey, this is what the joy of walking with Christ looks like. Come join us and just come um, come see what the joy of Christ is like. And we're super excited just to see how God uses that and just how God um, uses that just to grow us and grow our marriage and just kind of um, see where God leads with it. We we know this next year is going to be crazy. It's going to be busy, but um, we're just really excited to see what God does through it. Um, so moving forward, um, just kind of into our um, our commitment to our partners. As I kind of shared before, you all are supporting us, um, and we, we you guys are committed to us, and we are also committed to you. We truly want this to be a two-way relationship. Um, so we just kind of commit to work diligently to touch the lives of Christ and just kind of carry out everything that I talked to you and just... Um, be fully devoted to that, fully devoted to furthering the kingdom, and fully founded on scripture, um, and just making sure that we don't stray from that, and just um, holding ourselves accountable within that, um, and we also commit just to regularly let you know how God is blessing the ministry, so we plan to send out a newsletter, so um, honestly, after the service, we'll be around, if you all want to, you can just give us your email, we'll add you on there, um, and just kind of keep you updated on how God is moving, and just um, what he's doing, and just how He's using you all's impact because once again we wouldn't be able to do what we do what we are doing without you. We're so thankful for you all, um, but we also just commit to be financially faithful with the funds we are giving. Funds we are given. Um, we know that everything we have comes from Christ, and everything that we have um, is not ours. And we just we pledge and we are ready to just go and serve the kingdom, like knowing that it's Christ, and just ready to um, be wise in our spending and just wise in what we do and just making sure that everything we do is routed in serving the kingdom. Um, and we also, we just commit to share prayer concerns with one another. We want to um, just share our hearts and share our prayer concerns, but we also, we want to hear how we can pray for you all. Um, like we, like I said, we really want this to be a two-way relationship. We're hearing how we can pray for you all as a church and you all individually as well. Um, we're just excited to get to kind of do that. Um, but then kind of wrapping up right here, I just kind of want to ask the question of who else might join us. And I mean this just in who else might join us in prayer? Who else might join us in praying for the students on OU's campus and just the students across campus? Um, and also just who else might join us in serving the kingdom? Who else might join us in serving Christ wherever you are? Um, I just kind of want to invite you all into that and just invite you all um, into making sure that everything you do is rooted in Christ. Everything you do is rooted in furthering the kingdom. That's so hard to do, um, and it's, it's tough. And, like, we've definitely seen that where um, we all go through seasons where it's so hard, but then Christ is the one that picks you up. Christ is the one that sustains you. And I, 
I just pray that over um, this con- congregation, and I ask that you all pray that over us, so we would just fully rely on Christ. Um, and I just, I just want to share a couple different prayer requests for us as well. Um, and once again, thank you all for letting me be here. But just I pray that we would just have open hearts on OU's campus, that there would be students that are just open and receptive and ready to hear the gospel. Um, that's just such a need, and like especially after this summer, so many crazy things politically, globally, all these different things happening. Um, we just pray that students are just open and ready to hear the gospel and just where, um, where the harvest will be fruitful, truly. Um, and we also, we just pray that there will be more spiritual leaders that are ready and raised up. Specifically within the guys' ministry, we've kind of just had a hard time getting students to stick around who are ready and devoted to serve Christ. So we just pray for godly men just to be raised up within that um, and just pray that they would be ready, and further, ready to further the kingdom. Um, and then also, lastly, just kind of want to be vulnerable and just... Um, I pray for, our, I ask that you all would pray for our first year of marriage, just as we're going into ministry. Um, it's going to be a crazy time, but it, we're so excited to kind of get to devote our lives to service in Christ. Um, and we just want to make sure that everything we do is rooted in Christ and that our relationship is rooted in Christ and that as we grow in our devotion towards Christ, we would grow closer to one another. Um, and I just pray that God's hand would be upon that. But once again, just thank you all for letting me be here. And I'm and just so thankful for y'all's partnership and, and just, yeah, thank you. Our elders and uh, deacons have already unanimous, unanimously approved sponsoring Caleb and Becca and their ministry on the campus of OU next year, but that doesn't exclude you from individually contributing. If you have a heart for the student body of OU. Um, aren't there churches down there that can do this? Yep, lots of churches. Aren't there other organizations on campus that can do this? Yep, lots of them. Same reason why there are lots of churches in Ely. You need different voices to reach different people with different dynamics. And we are just contributing to one small thread and the larger net of harvesters that we are sponsoring their ministry at OU. And I'm, I'm a sucker for anybody who's in their 20s that is surrendering to preach the gospel, support them, pray for them, remember them. Caleb, Caleb and Becca will be in the bulletin frequently and often to remind you to pray for them on the campus of OU. And if I forget about it, his dad will remind me about it because he even has a bigger heart uh, for their ministry and for their impact. Hello, Matt. Hey. Welcome. Can we take a moment? I was going to do it at the end, but yeah. Okay, we'll do it at the end. Want to do it now? No, that's all right. All right. Follow the order of the pastor. There you go. Well, wonderful job, Caleb, I tell you. I'm so proud of you guys, and we will be praying for you. And thank you, Graceway, for giving them the opportunity to really partner with you in ministry. I'm going to share a passage out of Colossians here in a little bit. And the first part of it talks about how you can pray for people that are in ministry. And the passage is actually about Paul when he was in prison, asking that God would give him opportunities to share with fellow inmates. And these guys aren't exactly in prison, but they're in university and in a location where they're going to have lots and lots of opportunities to share about what Christ can do in the lives of students who don't yet know him. Well... I serve as the director of missions. Now it's called the associational mission strategist for Cherokee Strip Baptist Association. If you want to put the slide up there, 
basically, that is our churches, about 30 churches here in Enid, about seven in Enid, and then all the way from Cherokee down to Fairview and over to uh, Perry and Medford, all in between, about five and a half counties. And it's basically our churches working together. And the association doesn't really have an agenda. Our purpose is to work behind the scenes to help you at Graceway and our other churches be effective in their ministry, to strengthen the churches and to help them reach out. So that's a big part of our role. And I've been in this role now for eight years. It's hard to believe. A big part of my role is helping churches look out. And I'm kind of like a missionary that looks out over this whole area. Graceway kind of has a focus on this community and certain people groups and other churches on their local communities. But somebody needs to look out at the big picture and see where there are gaps, where we're missing, where we might need to start a new church or a new ministry. And that's a big part of my role is helping our churches tune in to some of those areas as well. But a lot of our work is broken down into three different areas. And we've got teams that kind of work in these areas. I'm going to briefly go over some of what they're doing. The first, they're all uh, starting with M, management, ministry, and missions. So the management team, you might think they have the most boring job because they're managing property and personnel, but actually they have some exciting things going on. We have our churches working together, purchased a house that's called the Elisha House. It's a guest house on the east side of town right next door to our offices. It's primarily for people that come into Enid for medical needs and need a place to stay while maybe a child is in the hospital or maybe they're getting uh, cancer treatment, can't drive home that day, need a place to stay overnight. That's one of the, the purposes of Elisha House. Another is to house missionaries, families from overseas that need a place to stay while they're here visiting family or whatever. And we've seen both of those uh, kinds of ministries going on at Elisha House. If you're interested in helping us, we need help when we have medical people staying there. Like if we have two or three people there during the week, we need help getting the house cleaned in between. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know. Lucinda, my wife, and I have been doing that, um, but we could sure use some help. By the way, I need to introduce... Lucinda, my wife, and we have some others here that I'll introduce at the end of the service, but she uh, doesn't always get to come with me on a Sunday, but is here today and is actually working with me now as ministry associate at, uh, at the offices there. So if you call, you may get her on the phone. So the management team is also working with some of the other uh, things that we have in terms of property. Take a look at the next slide. Out at Drummond, there used to be a First Baptist Drummond, and when that church closed its doors, they turned the building over to become a disaster relief warehouse. And that is a place where we can do training for disaster relief ministry, but also we store some trailers that are used for ministry inside there now. The next slide tells you some of them. One is a chainsaw trailer. We've got, uh, I believe, 10 chainsaws, including one that's like a two-man chainsaw for a sequoia that we can use to go out on the scene after an ice storm or uh, a windstorm where trees have been felled. Craig is excellent with a chainsaw. We love going out and doing that work. Oh, don't tell anybody. 
but uh, that's a way we can serve in the name of Christ, helping people in need. Then also a feeding unit trailer, basically a mobile kitchen that can go out and feed several thousand people a day. And that is stored in that uh, warehouse. We also have a block party trailer that has all kinds of games, basketball goal, a sound uh, system, uh, popcorn machine, cotton candy, all that kind of stuff where you can go and set up in the summer when the weather's good, set up outside and have an event where people are served, maybe food and some games and then have a chance to share the gospel. We also have a van that uh, churches use, especially during the summer. And I put that one up there because, Craig, are you here, the other Craig? Oh, he's working security. Uh, somebody uh, had the bright idea to drill a hole in our associational van in the bottom of the fuel tank, maybe because the price of gas is so high. <laughs> it's a 31-gallon tank. And uh, I was unable to repair that hole very well. In fact, I almost welded my hands together trying to do it. But uh, Craig from your church came to the rescue, sealed up that hole, and it is going strong, taking kids down to Falls Creek and kids to children's camp and other kind of events. But that's just, those are just some of the things that our management team oversees. The next slide is about our ministry team. And that team is comprised of lay people and pastors from our churches, their job is to strengthen existing churches, to train leaders. One big way is through lunches that we do every Tuesday during the school year where we have pastors and church leaders come in and we train them in various things, how to develop messages, how to do pastoral care, or they just kind of fellowship with each other and pray for each other to support time. The next slide. But some other things this team will do is to plan evangelism training. In fact, Graceway hosted a big evangelism training event, was it a couple of years ago, uh, that was very well attended by other churches where they came in and learned how. The difficult part sometimes, you might learn, okay, here's from the book of Romans how to lead somebody to Christ, but how do you get to the point of being able to talk about that? We had a, a workshop kind of on how to take conversations to spiritual matters. And uh, that was really helpful. You guys hosted that. We do some deacon training, uh, train Sunday school leaders, small group leaders. We have a big conference coming up in the spring where almost everybody in the church can come and be equipped better in whatever role they play within the church. So that's just something that our ministry team focuses on. It's normally about five or six uh, people that work on that team. Then the next slide is about our missions team. And some of the local events that they work with, one is coming up towards the end of September, See You at the Pole. Do you guys have a See You at the Pole event here at Graceway? Some of the churches do where it's a time where kids will come to the flagpole at their school in the morning, like on a Wednesday normally, and pray around that flagpole for their school and for their witness on campus there. And then... Um, that evening might be a rally where students come together and maybe have a chance to hear an evangelistic speaker present the gospel. That's something our association comes alongside to help churches with. Then we have a fish fry coming up September 20th at uh, First Baptist Garber. Uh, it's the same kind of event that goes on in the spring up at Cherokee, a calf fry. We won't talk about what that's about, but those are men's events designed to reach out to other men who may not attend church. The next slide, in fact, gives more details. You can't see that real well. 
about the fish fry coming up. But if you uh, have looked for a way to share the gospel with one of your friends at work, maybe if you're a man, and you would like to invite them to a, a fun time together eating fish, it's catfish, there's also other food if you don't like fish, and hearing a really good speaker who will present the gospel but also the story of his life, September 20th out at uh, First Baptist Garber is where that event will be. The guy who's going to be speaking there, I have another slide actually that shows a better picture of him. He was a Secret Service agent, worked back with uh, George H. Bush. He was a uh, canine patrol, sniffed out a few bombs here and there, and he's got some amazing stories that he'll share, but also his testimony of how he came to Christ. So those are just some events locally that we do in terms of missions as our churches work together. Next slide is about something that stateside, if you could advance the slide back there. We have a partnership in Kansas City where we have worked with a, a number of different people groups, Afghans, uh, some with Somalis, also most recently with Congolese. Um, and John was a part of one of our trips where he went up there and did some work with a ministry that focuses on Congolese refugee families. And this is a picture from our latest trip where we were up there. Um, about 20 plus people went and helped in a ministry there. But it's a way to help churches, particularly smaller churches, work together to go and do missions in uh, another location. Then overseas, we have a couple of partnerships. One is just developing in Ecuador. We've done one trip down there and we're going again, I forgot to put the dates up there, October 25 through 31st. If you would like to go and be a part of that, let me know, we'll send out more details, but we are working in an area up in the mountains where they want to start new churches, and we're working with our own missionaries from the International Mission Board, as well as Ecuadorian Baptists who want to start new churches, eventually enough churches to have a brand new association up in the mountains. So it's really groundbreaking work, a lot of fun to be a part of. Then the next slide, uh, Caleb actually mentioned about uh, crusade working in Russia. We have a partnership in Russia. It's kind of on hold now in the southern part of Russia, but the people we work with there are doing a great job working with refugees that come out of Ukraine, and we continue to pray for them. Then the next slide, we have potential to develop a partnership in Madagascar where Caleb spent a lot of, a lot of his growing up years and where they're looking to develop work among a, a people group that has some areas that are highly unreached. So those are some things that we working together as a group of churches are able to offer to help people get outside the doors of their church, cross cultures, and share the gospel. So uh, that's just kind of a quick update, probably not as quick as I'd wanted it to be, <laughs> about some things going on in the association that you as Graceway are a part of. And I just wanted to let you know those things. Some of them may be things that caught your attention that you want to be involved in, let me know if there are ways I can help you to connect there. But I want to share briefly just a passage from Colossians chapter 4. And this passage, as I mentioned, was written by Paul when he was in prison. And it's amazing what he said here. And I'm going to start with verse 2. Colossians chapter 4, verse and you've got three up there. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then picking up with verse 3, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message 
so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. That's a verse you can pray for Caleb and Becca on campus at OU, and also that you can pray for missionaries that are serving overseas, that God will give them opportunities by opening the door for them to share the message of the good news. And then Paul said, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. And then I'm going to focus in on five and six. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. In this day and age, if you uh, turn on the TV and hear the news, sometimes you get mad, or at least I do, <laughs> with what I feel like is sometimes inaccurate information, people that have different views than I do, and sometimes that's just on TV, but other times it's in person with other people that may not be believers or maybe even are, and you just have a different point of view. And there are times I think, man, they just don't get it. Can't they see what I see so black and white? And, and I find myself responding instead of with, as it talked about here, grace and seasoned with salt with a sense of anger and wanting to argue with them and make my point. Do you ever find yourself that way? Maybe as you hear something going on in our culture and you think that is not right. Somebody needs to stand up and just put people in their place. But you know, when it comes down to individuals, that's not our approach. Should not be our approach at all, should it be? Does the scripture guide us for how we can have those kind of conversations to be seasoned with salt? Well, Paul makes it pretty clear in this passage how you can have those kind of conversations. And they, rather than being arguments, actually be seasoned with salt. And the first part of what I read there, it talked about be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. Outsiders here would refer to people outside the church, people that are not believers. As you walk through life, it's not just what you talk, but what you do, your method in approaching people is important. We need to seek the Spirit of God to be wise as we approach people with whom we have differences. And we all have the same amount of time in life, though some people would say I'm busy more than other people, we all have the same amount of time in a day. How are you going to use that time? Paul here is talking about redeeming the time or making the most of every opportunity. Are you going to buy up the time when you have opportunities to share with people about Christ and to maybe identify with him in a way that leads towards a spiritual conversation? Paul was encouraging us to be aware of those opportunities. Just like when you're at a store and you see a really good sale that's only good for a certain time frame. Buy it up. Make the most of the opportunities that we have. And as we do this, when we talk to people, see if there's a next slide. I can't remember if I put another slide up there after this. Is there one? Okay. Then, yeah, just leave it on that one. It talks about having conversation be always full of grace. How does that work with somebody? If you're a believer, you live in a state of grace. We realize that we don't deserve the grace that God pours on it. 
I re- pours on us. I realize that every day, that there's God. Sometimes I think I don't deserve this, and I realize, no, I don't deserve what God gave me. I live in his grace. It's only by his grace that I'm saved and can have the joy that Caleb was talking about. I don't deserve it at all. And yet sometimes when I approach other people, I'm not giving them grace. But when we approach them with an attitude of grace, it's with humility, realizing but for the grace of God, I could be in that same boat, not seeing things the way God sees them, maybe blinded by our culture or whatever. So approach conversations with somebody who has a different opinion, somebody outside the church, on an issue that may be very difficult and create tension with an attitude of grace. Sometimes that means asking questions and listening instead of just laying out, this is my view, this is what the Bible says, line up or else. Listen to understand where people are. Often that's more important than seeking to win an argument because sometimes in winning an argument, you may feel like, all right, man, I showed them. You lose the relationship. You waste the opportunity. But then it talks about seasoned with salt. And the idea here is something that's appropriate. Uh, Proverbs talks about uh, a word aptly spoken. is like apples of gold and settings of silver. And there is a sense that as you're in tune with God's spirit and you're in a conversation like that, you tune in to what God wants you to say. And it's like not too much because too much salt ruins the, the food, but just right, God can give you the apt words to share. And then the last part here, so that you may know how to answer everyone. There's not a canned approach. Even though we train people how to share the gospel, there's not a canned approach to every person that's going to work. We have to listen and understand where they are, and God will give wisdom how to answer everyone. Realize people are very different. And Paul was the expert at this. He said, I've become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. He understood that idea of building a bridge through some common ground, understanding where people are. So that's just some guidelines that I felt like might be appropriate in the culture that we live in today as believers. There's just a lot of polarization in our culture, and you may not feel it as much in here in Enid, but maybe you do at work or school, wherever you are around people that have different opinions. Allow God to speak to you, to show you how to build a relationship, have conversations that will lead to an opportunity to identify with Christ and share the gospel with the people around you. And that idea of gospel, here Paul called it the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? In the Bible, The mystery is something that was hidden for a long time. The Old Testament prophets kind of gave hints of it. And it's like it was behind the curtain. And when Jesus came, it was revealed. The mystery of Christ is God in human form coming to rescue us from our sin, to live among us, and then to die on a cross to pay for our sins and to rise again to offer each of us life in him. In fact, if you look back in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, it talks about what this mystery is, Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
Now, when Paul wrote this, it was originally to Gentiles, people that were not Jews, who thought maybe Jesus was just for the Jews. He's saying, no, it's for everybody, but it's also for us today. Christ can live in you. That is the only hope we have of glory, Christ in you. So I want to close just by asking, and this morning maybe there's someone here that you've never experienced what it means to have Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Bible says clearly that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're not saved and you don't have that hope, after the service today, I would encourage you to talk to Craig or any of us that know the Lord. We'd be glad to share with you how you can also have the hope of glory. Now, if we could go ahead and cut the live stream just a second. Um, a special couple that's here this morning is my daughter, Carrington, and son-in-law, uh, Tyler. And uh, their two kids, my grandkids.